I want to start out tonight with a few questions, uh, just to break the ice a little bit. How many of you have an idea of what you want to do for a career? Like, you know, like, give me an idea. Like, you know, strong hands. Come on. Like, okay. So I knew that typically most people might have a bit of an idea for what they might want to do. Um, how many of you are currently going to school or trying to receive some kind of certification for that career? A good chunk of you as well. Let me ask this. How many of you wish you could, instead of going through, um, let's say, the next four to eight years of schooling, roughly, how many of you wish that instead of going through the next four to eight years of schooling, you could be handed one textbook, right? a textbook that with the promise of reading it would grant you the ability to know everything you need to know to fulfill all that you need to do in that career? How many of you would trade that in a heartbeat? Yeah. I'm going to guess that uh, some of you know where I'm going with this, but if not, let me make it clear to you. Now, all of us uh, who claim to be believers, all of us who say we have given our lives to Christ, we, we have a mission, right? We have a mission in life. We have something that we've been told to do. In fact, we call it the Great Commission. It's one that I just referenced when I was praying for the Unreached People Group. Matthew 28. So um, you guys... I'm just going to read all these scriptures out loud. I just have a few of them. You don't have to follow along. We're going to be in plenty of scriptures tonight, but let me just read it to you. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we have this great commission that we've been told to do, and not only do we have the greatest mission that we could ask for, this calling, much like we have careers, right? Not only have we been given that, but we've been given instructions on how to conduct ourselves while doing it. And those instructions we call the great commandment, right? So we have the great commission, but we have the great commandment. This is Jesus talking to Matthew as well. Um, they're talking to Jesus and say, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You guys know it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So typical Jesus, they ask him a question, and he gives them something a little bit more, right? He, they're like, what's the greatest commandment? He's like, actually, there's two, and let me tell you what they are. And then he lists them, and that's what we have come to know as the great commandment. So let's put these together. You've been given, if you are a believer, you've been given a commission. You have a job to do. You've been told how to go about doing it and in which manner you should act while you're doing it, much like many of you feel you have a calling towards your career. I, I mean, I pray that if you have this idea of what the Lord wants you to do with your life, that you feel that that is a calling, that he's calling you to go and do that. So we have these things that are very relatable, and for your career, you are going to get a degree. You're getting a certificate, a license, some kind of training. So what do we have when it comes to the Great Commission? What do we have when it comes to the Great Commandment? Where does our training come from? Where's our certification? Where's our licensing? This. You know that all magical textbook that I told you 
Like, how much would you trade for if you could just read it and be able to have everything you ever needed to be able to fulfill your career? That's what this is to the Great Commission. That's what this is to the Great Commandment. And I, and I know it's obvious, but the reason it's obvious is because it's so important. Some things are going to be obvious because of how foundational they are. This is everything we need. I mean, it says in 2 Timothy, all Scripture... So everything I'm holding in my hand right here, all scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and then like this this general one, and for training in righteousness. Like if we're talking about fulfilling the great commandment, that's it right there. It's profitable to help you be trained in righteousness. And then it says that the man of God, and the word there can mean man or woman, it's the person of God, may be complete and equipped for every good work. So if you didn't believe me at first when I said this is all you need, that proves it right there. Through this book, through these words, you can be complete and you can be equipped for every good work. Work Now, I would, I would hope and pray that if you have a career that you're seeking, that you would consider that a good work into the world. That you want to use that career for good in the world. And by good, I mean to glorify God. And if that's you, if, if you consider that good, then this right here is here to complete that for you. This is here to help you do it. This is the thing that will not only make you complete for every good work, but it will train you in righteousness. It will allow you to be taught. And even when we don't want to, it will allow us to be corrected as well. So we're supposed to be talking about spiritual disciplines, right? And I just gave you a little quick, like, hey, you should really love the Bible speech. Like, this thing's sweet. You should, like, really like it. So why, why am, exactly am I bringing up the importance of Scripture when it comes to talking about these spiritual disciplines? Well, it's because the Bible, these Scriptures, the Word of God, is the foundation of all the disciplines that we are going to talk about. They are... Uh, this is the foundation that all the disciplines flow from. So like meditation, we're talking about that next week. You can't meditate upon what you don't know. You can't fast without uh, filling the void of food with the wisdom of God as revealed in Scripture. You can't pray to a God that you don't understand. You can't memorize Scripture that you haven't heard. You can't be in fellowship if that fellowship isn't guided and directed by Scripture. And you can't sit under biblical teaching unless there's a Bible to put into the biblical teaching like all of these spiritual disciplines rest upon the fact that thousands of years ago God decided to speak and then decided that we should record that and he worked throughout history to have it recorded so that we can read it and rely upon it and know it and be trained by it and be completed by it like that is what God has given to us and that is why it's important and that's why tonight when we head into these groups that's going to be the first discipline that we talk about the first discipline that we are talking about is the reading of God's word. Like how can you read God's word? How can you do it better? How can you be encouraged to do it more? And how can the group around you help you do that this summer? Now I know it sounds sort of scary, 
to sort of head into smaller groups and be known just a little bit more. But this is what God intended for us, right? That we would be sharpened by one another and that around the Bible, around the word of God, that each other would sharpen um, one another to push towards God. So tonight is all about God's word. I already told you that next week, like I'm telling you the buckets, right? So this month, the next three weeks, the next three word groups are going to be about God's word. Tonight is about actually reading God's word. Next week, we're talking about meditating on God's word. And the week after, we're talking about memorizing God's word. And after that, we'll have another live teaching where I'll go into like prayer and all those things. But that's what we're focusing on the next few weeks. And tonight, like I said, is reading God's word. So as we do that, I wanted to just give you guys some encouragement because it's the only time I'm going to teach on it for the summer. Um, we're going to be studying Psalm 19 together tonight. That's going to be your text. Like, you didn't have to have anything prepared. You don't have to know Psalm 19 at all. You're going to read it together, and you're just going to discuss it. But right now, I want to give you just a few tips of encouragement as you think about reading God's Word, not just tonight, but throughout the week, and maybe as you have discussions about it. And the first one is this. Uh, there are different kinds of Scripture reading. Right? There are different ways to, to, like, to read Scripture, and I know a lot of you, and I know especially if you've been raised in the church and you feel the obligation to read God's Word. I know how many times you've beat yourself up for walking away from God's Word not feeling satisfied. I know how many times you've beat yourself up because you feel like you should be reading it super deeply and spiritually, and so you get like, just really depressed about it or discouraged about it, and you don't want to head back to the Word of God. And I'm here to tell you that there are different ways to read God's Word. There's different levels in which we read God's word and the healthy balance is to do all of them and to acknowledge that it's okay that sometimes we're doing one of them instead of the other and just to like put them in like big categories um, we're just going to talk about raking and digging right like this is the easiest this is from John Piper if you're interested you can look up John Piper raking and digging and there's these beautiful quotes I'm doing a lot of these spiritual disciplines off this book if you're interested in that book come find me afterwards I'll post it in the group me you can read that too but here's the idea um, yards right Front yards, they sort of like, they're a thing. A lot of people have them. You want them to look good, and there's a few ways that you can take care of it. One of them is that you can rake the front yard, right, of all the debris and the leaves and things like that. That'll make it look pretty good, and it is worthwhile work, and it's something that can be and should be done at times. Um, it's not very backbreaking, though, right? Like, raking doesn't hurt that much. Typically, it does not break a sweat, but it is something that can be done. And should be done from time to time. But it's nothing like digging, right? Like digging can eternally impact uh, how a front yard looks. Like if you're putting in a retaining wall or some boulders or stuff like that, and you got to dig some holes, like just a little bit of digging can be backbreaking, can take a lot of work, but it has major impact and major depth. And that is also fruitful and healthy, right? And we need that. Like that, we must desire that. But I just want to encourage you tonight. There's way more to that description. I'd love to give it to you, but like I said, this is a devotion, not a message. Um, the big thing is there's raking and there's digging. Raking and digging. I mean, you need to dig for diamonds for sure, but I just wanted to give you that encouragement that there are ways to read in which it's okay to do this breadth, right? You just, you read to read and under, and to know what's there and understand what that passage says, like, oh yeah, I know like the psalm is about this, and then there's the depth of like truly studying and a balance of those is great. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one is you're not alone in feeling overwhelmed when you get off track. You're not alone in feeling um, like uh, discouraged when you have been away from your Bible reading. And, and here's the statement I want to make. 
For everything that is a spiritual discipline is also a spiritual battleground. Right? For the things that we need to be disciplined in in our spiritual life are the things that are a spiritual battle, are the things that the enemy will fight us on, the things the enemy will rejoice when we do not give, it, when we do not give them the time that they deserve. And you need to acknowledge this idea that you're feeling discouraged, that you're stepping away from the word of God because of it. You need to acknowledge that, that is a spiritual battle as well. And that because it is a spiritual discipline, you will face spiritual battle in it. So be encouraged that you're not alone. Three, make it manageable, guys. Right? I know I just gave you this little quick like 10-minute message on um, God's word, and I talked about how cool it is and what you can do, and here's what's going to happen. Some of you are going to go home tonight, or you're going to talk to your significant other tomorrow or one of your friends, and you're going to come up with this awesome reading plan, or you're going to go online and be like, I'm going to read the Bible in 30 days. 30 days, I'm going to read all the, I mean, I've got all summer. You know what? I'll do, I'll do the Bible three times. 90 days, three times, 30 days apiece. That's what I'm going to do. Like, it sounds funny, but there are some of you right now that were contemplating it before I said it out loud. And what I'm saying is make it manageable. Like, don't come up with this ridiculous plan that you're not going to be able to achieve. Instead, you know what you could do is come up with a plan that's completely manageable and you know absolutely, absolutely you can do. And as you feed upon God's word and you get hungrier, add to it. Supplement it. If you plan 60 days in the New Testament or something, let's say that's manageable for you, and you're doing great, read two of them that day. Add to it. Take it at your pace. Make it something that you can do. Just want to, don't bite off more than you can chew. Four, don't do it alone. Find a friend. You have these word groups. This would be a great time to like, hey, I'm planning on reading John 1 this week. If anyone wants to read it with me, I'd like to talk about it. Find a friend that's willing to read it with you. The summer is the time for many of you to see a lot of your friends. Hang out with a lot of them, reconnect, refresh. Maybe include one of them when it comes to reading. Include us, include your leaders, any of that. Don't do it alone. And five, and this is my last one, there's a lot of reliable and awesome resources for you if you're interested in reading God's word more, more than I could ever possibly mention to you right now. Just to start, you can talk to your leaders about ways to, to read. You can go on our church's website, there's a lot of really great resources there. We have a podcast um, called Centered, Committed, Confident. I pluck it every week, but the reason I bring it up this week is because we did several episodes on the Word of God. We did several episodes on how to read it, on study Bibles, on reading plans, on um, understanding what the Bible is and how many books are in it and all these things. So if you're interested, you can look up Centered, Committed, Confident on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, and just scroll back a while, and you'll find those episodes all dedicated to how to read God's Word. So that's a, a resource right there, and you know what? You know the, the people that talk in it, so you can come talk to us and tell us, hey, you missed this, or I need to know more about this, and we'd love to help you, right? So um, if you need any other resources, ask your leader, ask me, um, and we'd love to help you.